You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's plate this thing, everybody, on a Monday, August 20th, and a Tuesday, August 21st. Today is another edition of Locked On Lions, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt Derry with you on this Monday into Tuesday as we discuss your Detroit Lions. We do it each and every day right here on this podcast. We appreciate you listening. I know we, we get new listeners all the time. Welcome. You know me, Matt Derry. Been here about 20-plus years talking sports with you, whether it was on the ticket, 105.1, DFN, now doing this Lockdown Lions show and heading into my third season, and I love talking to you guys on Twitter at Dairy Speaks and the Matt Dairy Facebook fan page as well. Your comments are always welcome about what's going on with this football team right now, which is really struggling. And rarely, rarely do you get too overly riled up about the preseason. You know, one of the most classic old bits of all time is when the Lions went 0-16 back in the day. They actually won the preseason championship going 4-0. Remember that? Well, now this team is off to an 0-2 start in the preseason, and Lions fans are panicking. And for some of you, I, I don't I don't blame you because you watch this team so closely. You get ready for a couple of games, and now you've got a week to stew on what you saw Friday night when the Lions looked very, very flat, and, and they looked exhausted, and they looked beat up, and they got their clocks cleaned by the Giants. And we'll talk to Matt Shepard, the TV play-by-play voice for the Lions on Fox 2. He calls uh, games 1, 2, and 4 in the preseason. We'll go uh, to Tampa Friday and do the uh, Lions-Bucks game on CBS. That's a national game. But we'll talk to Shep about his thoughts on uh, on what's going on with this football team coming up in a little bit here on Locked on Lions. Also today, we will uh, get into the injury situation. The Lions indeed are placing Steve Longa on IR what does that mean for the special teams and for the roster? A couple of roster moves coming up as well that the Lions have made today. We'll get into that. And also, Taylor Decker made some comments today. And what about the Dave Burkett article in the Free Press um, in regards to the Lions and maybe some players uh, complaining about the workload that Matt Patricia has put them through? Uh, I don't like that one bit. We'll get into that as well. Lions made some transactions today. They signed cornerbacks Dexter McDougal, Sterling Moore, who we told you about yesterday on the show, the former Saint and Patriot, and offensive lineman Bo Nunn. They have placed linebacker Steve Longa on injured reserve. Uh, The uh, middle linebacker, who also plays on the outside as well, done for the year, torn ACL, suffered the game on Friday night. And Longa, who wears number 54, really was a great story. A guy the Lions got from the Niners a couple of years ago. Really good special teamer, and it's uh, it's definitely sad to see him go and tear his ACL on a non-contact play nonetheless. But here's a very, very interesting transaction today that the Lions made in corresponding moves. Today the Lions have cut, released, defensive lineman Cornelius Washington. Yes, Cornelius Washington. He, of the two-year $8 million contract, that he received from the Lions, or actually two-year, I think it was $7 million contract, that he received from the Lions uh, before last off, uh, during last offseason. So let, let's talk about this for a second, because Cornelius Washington was signed here as a pass rush guy, as a guy that could swing and play defensive tackle and defensive end, and a guy that came over from Chicago that I think um, Lions fans had high hopes for. And somebody that I think Bob Quinn felt could be productive and get the job done. And at age 27, when he was signed, now 28, Cornelius Washington is now gone. And you want to talk about Bob Quinn a little bit. And you guys know, listening to the show, I'm a fan. 
I still think that the maestro, Bob Quinn, has an opportunity to turn things around here. I think that they will. And I still have faith in Bob Quinn. But can we discuss his scouting and his evaluation of defensive tackles and defensive ends? Because so far, not so good. Remember, Bob Quinn signed Akeem Spence last offseason as well, the free agent defensive tackle, to a three-year deal. So he gave a three-year deal to Spence and a two-year deal to Washington, and neither guy are on the roster. And neither guy performed last season at all. And neither guy even will see a snap the next following season as a Lion. Hmm. Not good. Now, Bob Quinn should know the rules. And he does know the rules. Unlike the baseball GM who doesn't even know the uh, designated for assignment rules with pitchers. But with Bob Quinn, you can cut whoever you want. But the bottom line is you better have somebody better behind them. It's just like when you quit a job, you you better know that you have another one waiting for you. And right now, I'm not sure what the Lions have at defensive tackle. Now, does this open up some things for Deshaun Hand, the Lions' fourth-round pick out of Alabama? It does, and he's been a pleasant surprise for sure. But boy, oh boy, is this team very, very thin up front. And I anticipate and I expect the Lions to be making some signings when final cuts uh, hit in a couple of weeks because the Lions need defensive linemen. Ricky Jean Francois was a free agent and somebody that the Lions, um, you know, like and have familiarity with, with the New England Patriots. So you have to figure he's somebody that will step up and, and, and maybe even start at one defensive tackle spot. Ashawn Robinson, a Bob Quinn draftee, Second round pick in 2016 has not performed this preseason. Jeremiah Ledbetter, a Bob Quinn draft pick in 2017, sixth round pick. I don't hear his name much. You know, Alex Barrett still there. Anthony Zettel, Quinn pick in the sixth round. Overachiever, does a nice job. But somebody's got to step up. And, and, and somebody has to perform. And Bob Quinn has to show that that he can find somebody in fast to help on that defensive line. The one guy we know that has put up numbers and can play when healthy is Ziggy Ansa, and the Lions want no part of a long-term deal with him. <laughs> Ironically enough, hopefully Deshaun Hand is the guy. Because if Deshaun Hand performs and can get in that backfield and wrestle down a running back or get to the quarterback or get to the queue, as Matt Shepard and Rob Rubick would say, then we've then then Bob Quinn makes up for the Akeem Spence and Cornelius Washington debacles. Don't forget about Akeem Spence. Those are two very bad free agent signees from last offseason. Your thoughts on this at Derry Speaks on Twitter and the Matt Derry Facebook fan page as well. And also don't forget that the Lions' biggest free agent signee this offseason was Devon Kennard, who at outside linebacker also has been a rush end during the preseason. He's got to be able to get to the quarterback. He did so during the practices against the Giants, but in the game the other night was nowhere to be found. We'll see. Kerry Hyder, you just have to hope that he can be that swing guy as well that can get the job done. But those are the transactions for today. We told you about Steve Longa. Um, you know, the injuries, Longa injury hurts for special teams. But the T.J. Lang injury is another one that really, really is bothersome. What's the story with T.J.? 
a couple of weeks ago. He walked off the field, gave the uh, reporters a thumbs up when they asked him if he's okay. There's some talk. It's an ankle and a knee. Who knows? But T.J. Lang has not played a single snap in the preseason so far. And while the Lions have better depth, and I've talked about it, than they did a year ago, behind Lang and Glasgow and Ragnow and Decker and Wagner, they still need their Pro Bowl right guard in T.J. to be on the field. And him not being out there really, really hurts. And we watched Kenny Wiggins the other night like a turnstile against the Giants. So hopefully T.J., who did not practice today, again, is at least out there for a few reps and a few series Friday against Tampa Bay because he is vital, a very, very important piece to that offensive line. And with the way Rick Wagner's performed at right tackle, you need Lang at right guard to maybe make up for some of those deficiencies because Wagner has not performed at the level I think Lions fans expected when he signed his monster free agent deal last offseason. Again, Lions and Bucks. In Tampa, coming up on Friday night, that'll be an 8 o'clock start time on CBS. Locked on NFL has become Locked on NFL of experts. Matt Williamson hosts Locked on NFL right here on the Locked on Podcast Network, and they got a brand new lineup every Monday. It'll be the Locked on's local experts on the biggest stories, and Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus joins every Wednesday. And ESPN's Mike Sando, I like Mike's stuff, joins him on Thursday. Be sure to follow Locked on NFL on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, to get this amazing content, it is Locked On NFL. It's always a pleasure to bring this guy on Locked On Lions. I filled in for him on Shep Shower and Shave. He hosts the show each and every morning from 6 to 9 on DFN and around the Michigan Media Networks and does the Lions play-by-play on TV and was there the other night on the call of the Lions lost to the Giants. It is our buddy Matt Shepard. What's up, Shep? Jeez, how are you, bud? Oh, man, I'm hanging in. Uh, that was uh, That was a rough one the other night, huh? Yeah, they did not progress like I thought they could. I mean, this is always a kind of a fine line when you and I talk about this and you talk to your fans and and we talk to Lions fans throughout the state. I mean, uh, I just, how much weight do you put into the type of uh, preseason performance, you know, in in preseason game number two? Look, at some point, it's going to become important. And I said this this morning. I said, look, it's not important to win, but it's important to play well. And they haven't played well. I mean, find me a guy who stood out besides Darius Slay the other night. Anybody? No? No, not at all. So, so that's a problem, I think. Now, now, I know week three is the biggest dress rehearsal against Tampa, but I, I was hoping to see a little bit more um, fluidity, uh, a, a little bit more discipline, and a little bit more synergy. And I just didn't see it. I don't know about you, but I just didn't see it. Are you buying into this theory? I know Dave Burkett wrote about it in the free press that the guys are worn down already because no. the camp's been no. too difficult and they've they've had these physical, uh, in, you know, intra squad or not, you know, the the, the joint well, practices with the Giants. Yeah, well, look, look, here's what I said: the, the Giants were here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday's a walkthrough. So let's that's three practices. The the Lions were in Oakland um, Tuesday and Wednesday, okay, because they practiced on Monday at home. So you're talking about five inter-squad practices against an opponent you're about to play. Are they running more? Yes. Are they hitting more? Yes. Are they doing some drills that they're not used to? Yes. How many practices have they been through? 14, 15 Ds? Are you trying to tell me this team is tired and worn down after that right. amount of practice? It, it's not like so two, it's not like the old days. Remember, remember the old days, Shep, when you and I used to stand up there on the, on the Silverdome sidelines, those two-a-days in pads? Those were brutal. Right. It's always ridiculous. This is, and look, you and I both respect Davey's a friend of ours. Uh, and I'm not saying this is how he feels. I just think 
we're, we're really searching. I mean, you're grasping at straws if you think that after a couple of weeks of training camp, two squad, inter-squad scrimmages with uh, their opponent totaling five days and not all of it's hitting, and that you're already worn out. If that's the case, these guys have not been taking care of their bodies in the offseason. Matt Shepard with me here on Locked on Lions. All right, um, let, let's start with the offense, I guess. Obviously, Stafford getting hit. I heard you say this morning on your radio show, hey, you would have gotten him out of there after two series, not even giving him, giving him a third. But the biggest concern to me is the health of T.J. Lang on offense. What do you think? Yeah, I know. I'm with you. I mean, who's going to take his place? Joe Dahl, Kenny Wiggins? I mean, that's that's not a good recipe at all. I mean, T.J. Lang was a pretty durable guy, and suddenly he only plays 13 games last year. Rick Wagner played 62 of 64 games before he came to Detroit. He played 13 so um, last year. Yeah, that's a serious problem. I mean, the last year, you know, I mean, Taylor Decker missed six games. T.J. Lang and Rick Wagner are missing uh, plenty of time on the right side. That that team, that offensive line together, the starters, just 95 snaps. That's brutal. I mean, that's the fewest in the NFL. And and I I looked at the Giants and, and how many different lineups they use, different offensive line lineups. They had 10. Well, one fewer than Detroit and Green Bay, who had each 11, but Detroit's 95 snaps combined were the fewest. Uh, those guys got to stay healthy. Uh, I don't know what the situation is, T.J. Lang. Maybe they feel like he's a veteran. He's got this enough where he doesn't have to play. I expect him to play in Tampa. Um, I, I'll guarantee you the coaching staff hope he does, especially Jeff Davidson, the offensive line coach. I mean, I think they're going to upgrade there. I think they're going to be okay because I think there is some added depth, at least guys like Wiggins and and Wesley Johnson have started other other places. I thought the depth last year was really, really bad. But what about the defensive line? Well, but Wiggins didn't look very good. You're no. right. I mean, look, San Diego, 45 games in San Diego. Wesley Johnson, a versatile guy, yeah. Joe Dahl's in his third year out of Washington State, more of a tackle probably. And then Crosby on the left side or right side where he can play, he's a little versatile too. And I know that's the mindset of a lot of people where they want to be able to get versatile guys. I got to tell you, though, Deez, I mean, Give me the best guy at that position, and let me put him there. You know, I mean, that's always been my mindset. Give me the best guy. If I need a guard, give me the best guard I can find. If I need a center, give me the best center I can find. And let me play him there and let him get used to it and let him be that anchor for 10 years. I, my, my old point, Shep, and I'm with you, is that I still think that's an upgrade from Greg Robinson and Emmett Cleary yeah. last year. Amen. No, you're right. But, you know, they still have an, another Robinson on the front, and, and he has not necessarily turned out all that great. And, and I think it's a huge drop-off, personally, huge drop-off from their starters to their backups. I still don't think their backups are all that good, although I do like Crosby. What about the D-line? Today, Cornelius Washington released. Not a good look for Bob Quinn when his two free agent signees from two years ago, from last year at this time, were Akeem Spence, no longer with the team, and Cornelius Washington now cut. Uh, the D-line's got some issues. Yeah, he did bring in Ricky Jean-Francois, and he's been, uh, he's been challenging in front. Deshaun Hand, I thought, played very well in the first game against Oakland. So he's a young guy, should be all right. Sorry about the uh, loudspeaker in the background. That's uh, We're at a football practice. And then you've got, um, you know, Sean Robinson's been a little bit of a disappointment so far in the preseason. I, I thought he'd be a little bit more in tune and a little bit more impactful. And same thing with Sylvester Williams. So I think you've got some depth there, like you and I were just talking about the offensive line. The difference is the depth isn't performing the way you expect it to. I, I knew they would be light on the defensive edge, and I thought that's why it surprised me with Cornelius Washington because Cornelius Washington can play inside and outside, and they love that versatility. Um, but if you're going to be relying on Zettel, Ansa, Kerry Hyder, question mark, 
I mean, that, that's a deep concern because you and I both know about the recent injury problems to Hyder a year ago, blowing Achilles in the first preseason game, and the injuries to Ziggy Ansah. Where's, I mean, I worry about that depth up front, no question. I wonder if we're talking to Matt Shepard, by the way. Shep, I, I wonder if Friday night in Tampa, if they don't go to more of what we're going to see during the regular season and not show all of it, but bl- but but blitz and send people and do what yeah. we think Pasqualoni and Patricia are going to do during the season. Have you seen much three four in the preseason when you go out to practice and so far in the games? I have not. No, no. So. The, the the day I was there a couple of Mondays ago, everything during that practice, which was was, was a walk was a walkthrough. I mean, Kennard at times was was, was playing DN, but not not really. Yeah, that's that's the thing that's kind of surprised me a little bit. I, I know they expect look, they had three sacks from the linebacker spot a year ago. Think about that. Three. That's it. Uh, Christian Jones and Devon Kennard are supposed to provide more of that. I haven't seen any of it. And maybe you're right. And that, that quite honestly, I hadn't thought about it. So that gives me a better reason to be semi-optimistic. If they start bringing corner blitzes, safety blitzes, linebacker blitzes, zone blitzes, maybe that's how they figure they're going to put pressure on the quarterback and we just haven't seen it yet. I can only hope because right now, they're not winning many one-on-one battles up front. No, no, they're not. And I know Kennard had a good day against Eric Flowers in practice last week, but then in the game it didn't it didn't translate. I just I just wonder Matt Patricia's mindset about the preseason and how much they're going to show on, on Friday night. Uh, I guess today he said he wants to handle it like it's a regular season game, but we all know with the Patriot way, they're, they're not going to tell us, they're not going to show us, not until week one at least. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the way it's been with these guys uh, the way that's the way they handle their business and that's their prerogative i i don't have an issue with that i just i would like to see and i think he would too i, I don't think you could say you know we're, we're not going to show a lot of stuff and then be concerned at the same time i mean if, if if you're concerned right now it should be for a legitimate reason and the legitimate reason is that they're not winning many battles up front they're getting pushed around and the first game was the running game. And the second game was the passing game. There's no quarterback pressures, okay? The Giants supplied 16 quarterback hurries. Detroit supplied eight. The Giants had three sacks. The Lions had none. I mean, those are serious concerns right now for a team that is really weak in that category in the first place. Who's the guy going to step forward and be the better player? He's the guy going to going to grab the reins and, and kind of lead this team a little bit. We haven't even seen it from Ziggy Ansah, even though it's been limited action. So I, there's so many people upset at so many different positions. But the bigger concern should be those upfront guys, the guys in the trenches who were supposed to be difference makers, but where they've invested a lot of time, money, and draft picks, and they have not performed yet in the first two games. I'm telling you, man, this week against Tampa, this is huge, I think, for this team. I really do, because we're not, you're not going to see anybody play against Cleveland, right, in that final preseason game. That's supposed to be strictly for depth guys. I want to see the guys who are going to be starters on this team make an impact. Carryon Johnson's made an impact. Uh, if we can roll to well, the pot, game pot. one he did. Game yeah. one he did. I, I two he won very good. No, but I but I anytime he touches the ball, Shep, and you tell me because you, you're in the stadium, just a different just a different vibe. He seems to be a guy that that you know creates contact and then, and then sheds blocker or sheds tacklers. I like him a lot. I think he's been really good. What do you think? Yeah, I, I do like him. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Demarco Murray. Um, I think you know because of the way he runs, he runs upright. Look, I mean, he can do it all. I've been impressed with his ability to pick up blocks and, and, and kind of pass protect a little bit. Uh, I really like the way LeGarrette Blunt runs. 
so I've been happy with that. Um, I, I don't worry about the running back spot as much. I don't worry about the wide receiver spot that much. I worry big time about the offensive line, defensive line, tight ends and linebackers right now. Um, just not seeing it like I expected to. But again, like you and I started this conversation, I mean, how much do you really buy into um, week two in a preseason game? Um, I, I don't care about the wins and losses, these, but I, I really care about what I'm seeing. And what I'm seeing is Sean Robinson playing in the fourth quarter because Matt Patrice is going to send a message. you got to be better in the first three. Yeah, and that's not like a fifth-round pick or a guy off the street. That's a, a high-round draft pick from a couple of years ago. All right, Shep, when you prep with Chris Spielman, what about this helmet rule? Offensive guys lowering their helmet, uh, defensive players. Uh, how much when you're doing these games are you are you having to look two or three or four times at the replay just to make sure on this stuff? Yeah, just a couple. Um, I haven't been too confused by it just yet. I was confused by a play the other day in a different game where – uh, I think it was the Ravens. Uh, I, I could be wrong there, Dees, but uh, I forget who made the play on a quarterback. I thought it was an excellent play, and they they threw the flag on it. Oh, the uh, the, the, the sack and the, the Vikings sack the other day. It was the Vikings yeah. sack. Yeah, it was ridiculous, right? Um, look, I mean, Chris says it all the time. If you tackle with your eyes, you tackle with your face mask, then you're not going to have any concussions. The NFL has done studies. You tackle that way, the right way, then you're not getting any concussions. There's been no concussions suffered in that type of situation. But if you're going to lead with your head offensively or defensively, and the problem, Diesel, you know this because you got kids that participate in athletics all the time. It's, it's what's being taught to them at a young age. These guys are just putting their head down, putting their head down no matter what. I mean, when in doubt, they put their head down. They risk their neck. They risk their head. They risk the opposition. So I, I love what the NFL is trying to do. I just I think it needs to be uh, you got we got to be patient with it. And it's got to be implemented at the lowest levels. And I think they got to use replay, unfortunately, to get it right, and that will just lengthen the games. But if oh it, if God, it's a play, games are ridiculous. I know, but it's, if they, it really is. but if you they are baseball fans, <laughs> rip on, people rip on baseball, right? I oh, mean, I know. My God, I mean, it takes forever. To but get but right I think so. if they can get it right, especially in a key spot late in the game, they got to do it. Well, yeah, because you know why? Because it's fine. It's it's somebody possibly missing games. That's that's part of your livelihood. You've got to get that right. If if you're if there's anything that requires an athlete to miss time for a suspension or lose money, then you should make sure you got it right. But we gotta, I do think we have to be conscious of just how long it's taking to play these games sometimes with this type of stuff. Yeah. All right, Chef, great to, great to visit with you, buddy. Appreciate you. Hey, pal. Talk to you soon, Ben. Always a pleasure to talk to Matt Shepard, the host of Shep Shower and Shave on WDFN and the Michigan Media Networks, each and every morning from 6 to 9. And, of course, the Lions uh, preseason TV play-by-play voice alongside Chris Spielman. As Shep calls games 1, 2, and 4, will not do Friday's game against Tampa. Shep's everywhere. He was just on the sidelines at Eastern Michigan, where he calls uh, the EMU Eagle football games as well. We appreciate his time and for him joining us. Don't forget Locked On Podcast Network expanding with college shows. Oh, yes. Launching soon. For shows Alabama, our shows for Alabama, Arkansas, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Florida in the SEC, Oklahoma and Baylor in the Big 12, Ohio State and Penn State in the Big 10, and Oregon in the Pac-12 with more to come. All your podcasts, all your NFL teams, NBA teams, now college football, even some baseball can be found on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, a bad, bad game on Friday night for the Lions in New York. We've talked about it ad nauseum. Today, give Taylor Decker some credit. 
Uh, he was beaten several times by Olivier Vernon the other night by the Giants. And uh, Taylor Decker uh, didn't pull any punches today after practice, said he vowed that you will not see this kind of performance from him again. Quote, I think moving forward, I'll be a lot better. I'm comfortable saying that. Overall, I'll be okay. Now, we know Joe Dahl had his issues. Kenny Wiggins, Rick Wagner pushed back a few times, and Decker had a bad game. Lions defense has not had a sack yet, and yet, you know, and as Shep pointed out, all the hurries, all the quarterback pressures that the opponents have had over the last few weeks. Decker went on to say, quote, I think we're going to be a good unit, talking about the offensive line. I think we're going to be just fine. I mean, the more you play together with one another, Whoever you're playing next to, you develop a level of understanding of their strengths, what they're good at, verbal and nonverbal communication. So as many reps as you can get next to whoever is going to play next to you is super important, end quote. Um, going into this week, however much how much we play, we play, I think it'll be good for us. So Decker's staying positive, and I like Taylor Decker. I know my buddy Freddie the Pizza Man thinks he's overrated. I, I think Decker's going to be just fine. Playing alongside a rookie in Frank Rag now is going to take some time. But this offensive line has to play better than it's played the first couple of weeks. And again, it's just preseason. They could come out and maul Tampa on Friday, and then all of this bad vibe will turn into good vibe for another couple of weeks until the Lions play the Jets on September 10th. That's the most important part of this thing. No question about it. Right, that'll wrap things up for another edition of Locked On Lions for this Monday into Tuesday. Thanks to Matt Shepard for joining me. From Lions uh, Television and Shep Shower and Shave, we'll do it again tomorrow for an August 20th into 21st. We'll do it again tomorrow for the 21st into 22nd. Get you ready for Friday against Tampa. Thanks, everybody.